Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fargo Christian Podcast. This is your host, Jordy Hutton, and I have some exciting news and some strange news for you. Exciting news is that we have our first official guest on the podcast this week. That is our good friend, Stephen Apple, uh, pastor at Relevant Life Church, podcaster himself, host of the Let's Go There podcast, um, and many, many more things, which Nick will do a good job of uh, introducing you to. Um, The other kind of strange thing this week is that I somehow managed to delete the audio of the conversation that Nick and I had earlier this week. And Nick and I, in that conversation, we kind of talked about, went over the same topic that Nick and Stephen are talking about. Um, so maybe in a way it's a blessing because Nick, or I'm sorry, Stephen is so much wiser than both Nick and I. Um, we're talking about an article that we both read. It talks about being a pastor in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of um, social and racial uh, reformation and an election coming up, all of those things, and uh, just what it's like to be a pastor in the middle of all of that. So if you are interested in reading the article, I will share the link in the show notes. Otherwise, Nick and Stephen do a really good job of breaking that down for you, as well as, as a few other things. So I hope that you enjoy, um, and let's welcome Pastor Steph to the podcast. And uh, just a heads up, I don't know, I haven't listened to the interview with Stephen and Nick, um, but there might be value in noting Stephen has never seen the movie Dumb and Dumber. So if there's a reference to Dumb and Dumber and it goes over Stephen's head, it's just because he's never seen it. But with all that being said, let's toss it over to Pastor Steph and Nick, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Hey guys, um, it's Nick here with uh, with our first inaugural guest. He is one of our good friends. He is a father of one. Yep. A husband of one. Correct. A bus driver of many. Yes. And a pastor to all. <laughs> Very nice. Pastor Stephen, Stephen Apple, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah? Yeah. It's good to be here. It's fun. I've listened, long time listener, first time speaker on this That's podcast. Right. I love this podcast. I've listened to every episode. I'm not even kidding you. That makes me really, yeah. really happy to hear. Because uh, you're also a podcaster. I am. You are I a am veteran. Sim- a similarly rookie podcaster. <laughs> I also have a podcast with three episodes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's good. It's called Let's Go There. What's uh, What's it about? Uh, wow, I wasn't expecting this plug. I want to give you all the opportunities. I want our hey, six ne- listeners. Next time, give me a little warning to if you're go gonna to set you. me up. I mean, I would have prepped something. I would have been a little bit more prepared. Well, here's the thing. I texted you about doing a podcast on the fall of man. Yeah, I didn't originally. really know what you meant by that. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw all the curveballs at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go there. Um, the whole concept behind the podcast that I put together is just to address issues that tend to have a lot of polarization around them Mm -hmm. um but to do it in a way that's respectful measured nuanced honoring just to be able to have those conversations that i think are important but that are difficult to have because there tends to be a lot of tension around them because the most extreme voices come out really hard on on those polarized issues 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll get more into uh, the, the, the main subject of this conversation. Um, and specifically, really, because Stephen's kind of covered really the three main things that's going to go on in this topic. Um, he's talked about really about mass with COVID. He's talked about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and you recently put out a, a, another episode about pretty much about the, the election, what's going on with uh, Kamala Harris and all that. Um, but before we really jump in, you are, like I said, a father of a recently born child. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat recently. Recently, <laughs> I would say, compared to everyone else. Hopefully I, listening I don't know. to this. It depends on who else is listening. <laughs> um, but his first full year of life is going to be 2020. Have you? Has that been anything that's... Obviously, he's not going to remember these years at all um, when he's 35 years old. But uh, what's, uh, what's something that you feel is different from your standpoint as being a father in 2020 to a newborn baby compared, obviously, compared to most people and challenges, at least? Um, that's a good question. I have never fathered a baby in any other year. That's right. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have, I don't have any context to compare that to, but I definitely mm-hmm. think there's maybe just a little bit of a factor of um, going through this stage of his life with less social interaction than we maybe normally would have had Mm -hmm. um, probably makes a little bit of a difference in some ways that's probably an asset it allowed us to actually be we were home more during a time when it's really fun to be home more with your baby yeah um and in other ways you know he's probably getting a little different experience than maybe we would have liked we maybe would have liked to have more (laughs) you know just more people around and more more influence you know in his young life at this point uh from different characters but uh we're limiting that for obvious reasons so yeah um you know it's a little different but uh, like i said i don't have a point of reference so mm-hmm. i mean yeah i mean it's <laughs> it's it's uh i guess it is a blessing and a curse There's more time with him but less time with more people right um, right for sure but i mean i think you've done a great job he's a great kid hasn't caused any problems yet yeah i'm sure he's gonna be a great soccer star since we're both wearing soccer jerseys right now I hope. I well, yeah, I would think so. I hope that my parenting continues to be judged based on how great my son is, because <laughs> if so, people will continue to assume that I am a great parent. <laughs> Steph, not only are you a great parent, but you're also a great pastor. You're at a church that both Jordy and I interned at, a uh, church I'm on staff with, and uh, it's it's been going through what every other church is going through right now with all all three of these uh, these major happenings of 2020 um it's one it's a year that a lot of people are saying it was a wild year uh it's a wildest year for me i know you're a whole lot older than i am okay. <laughs> so uh, i don't know how, how wild it is compared to you you're uh, growing up but uh steven's only a year older than me i'll just get that out save him save him some some flack for being old <laughs> in this podcast but uh what's it what's it been like being a pastor in 2020 yeah it's definitely been interesting and 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 i'll just go ahead and put the caveat on here i mean me being 27 years old uh you know i've been pastoring in an assistant pastor role for about five years now Mm -hmm. um that compared to the experience of maybe somebody um you know i would love to get the opportunity to ask that question to maybe somebody who's been in ministry for 30 40 years as well Mm -hmm. you get a little bit more of a of an answer with a lot more background context yeah. behind it but i can speak to it from my own experience and from what i'm seeing in 
in the lives of the rest of our staff members, in the lives of our church, in the lives of our friends at other churches in the area, in what I'm hearing about what's going on nationally. And I really think that a lot of my experience is pretty consistent with the broader experience, which is this is a very challenging season to be pastoring through. Mm -hmm. Um, As you could maybe imagine, it's, there's just a lot going on to be managed at one time. Um, And so it's, it's definitely a unique season for church leaders to try to navigate through and there's no playbook on it. I mean, that's perhaps the biggest thing is that for so much of what we attempt to tackle as a church, there's books to go to, there's podcasts to go to, there's a, a wealth of resources to look mm-hmm. to the past to, to gain insight about how to best approach that. And during this season, there's just not a lot that you can go to. You really have to innovate and to just guess and check in some ways and, and try to figure out the best way to, to approach the issue. But um, there's no precedent to look back on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I sent you an article to uh, that Jordy and I just touched on a little bit ago on about past too many pastors. The title of the article is Too Many Pastors Falling on Their Own Swords. Um, a quick opinion or takeaway. What was what, what went through your head after you read that or uh, while you were reading that article? Um, man, that article was... It was a hard read just because it was, I mean, it was sad to read, right? It was sad to hear the stories of what some of those pastors are going through and the mental health issues that are coming along with that. And um, it's, it is, I definitely resonated with the theme of the article, which was that this is an incredibly tough season for a lot of church leaders. Mm -hmm. And it's a lonely season, I think, for a lot of church leaders. And so some of the examples in the article were more extreme than my personal experiences, but they don't surprise me as far as believing and, and being able to picture those things happening. And it doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of pastors who are struggling right now to manage the stress and the loneliness and the lack of clarity that they're having to navigate through right now Mm -hmm. for sure yeah um in the article the jacob topper talks about his zoom call with uh much older and long-term pastors who've gone through a lot um you mentioned you're just being fifth year doing this Mm -hmm. um and 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 they talked about how this is one of the, the toughest times um so much they talked about loneliness they talked about obviously pleasing um, their congregation. One said they went. They did a survey of returning, and they said it was nearly a fifty-fifty split between don't return and return. Right. Um, the the emails they were receiving about it. Um, and another uh, pastor talked about how his door was kicked in after he talked about the uh, the 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 social unrest that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that been something that uh, relevant has been 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 walking around, um, been communicating with the congregation? Uh, what's been your takeaway from that experience um, with with how the congregation has been receiving what, what you've been saying? Yeah, I think that our experience has been similar to some of the experiences that are shared in the article, though to a less extreme degree. Um, mm-hmm. But those themes, I think, are happening nationwide and throughout Fargo-Moorhead. 
community in the sense of there being a very clear divide between different philosophies about how COVID should be being approached, yeah. for example, and how, you know, we are leading a congregation that's diverse in its philosophies and, and in their perspectives on the world around them. And so we, I, I had an experience where, um, you know, I, we, were, we were making some phone calls to a lot of people in our congregation, just checking in on them, you know, seeing how they're doing and, and it would be kind of interesting just to see the kind of the dichotomy of I could get I could get off a phone call with somebody who just told me, hey, I will be back at church as soon as this whole mask thing is over and we don't have to wear masks as I think the whole thing is kind of silly. And then I pick up the phone, call somebody else and they're saying, hey, I will come to church as soon as I feel like I can be confident that everyone there will be wearing masks. <laughs> right. And so there is a complicated thing that you're navigating there. And then on top of that, you're, we're navigating the, the tension around the conversation right now about race and about systemic racism and about social justice. And our church is a church that chose to get involved in that conversation to kind of wade into that tension and mm-hmm. to address the pain that a lot of black people are telling us that they're experiencing because of what they're seeing on a national level and because of what they've experienced on a personal level. So we decided to address that and to call the church to be a part of the solution um, and to stand with a group that we feel has been marginalized in our in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been definitely tension that, that comes with that as well, just because it's a topic that intersects in some people's views with kind of politics. And once you get intersecting with politics you get people who have all kinds of different passionate filters through which they see information and so um that's just something that we have to navigate our our congregation through and work with people on but when those things are happening at the same time it is kind of a double crisis plus that on top of it you've got a financial Mm -hmm. crisis where a lot of people are losing their jobs and it's hard climate to find a new job in and and people are having to figure out how to work from home or they're losing their jobs because they have to be home with their kids. And so um, there's just a there's a lot going on at once for pastors to try to handle as they try to figure out how to best lead and serve their church in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so this after uh, the, the, the George Floyd uh, killing, there was a we had a uh, Unite Fargo where all, a lot of the pastors from the area came together, they live streamed, um, and just kind of a community u- unity, it kind of came together and, 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 and had a, had a, I guess, a, an event in honor of that and, and teaching on that. Um, from, from your standpoint, how has the church responded to these, any of these three? And do you think they've responded well? Do you think there's stuff that, 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 should be should be worked on, looked at, looked further into. Um, what's your overall view of how the church is responding as a whole? Yeah, just to be clear, you mean like the church, the church in general? The, yeah, the yeah. church in general. Yep. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think there's honestly a lot of a variety in diversity amongst the way that churches have responded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of hard to take a look at the way the church has responded as a whole. Yeah. Um, because I think different churches have responded in different ways. And, and for example, when it comes to 
COVID, I think there's some churches that have leaned into the value of in-person worship uh, such that they have had a strategy of anything we can do to get in person, we're going to do, even if that means a little tension or resistance against what some of the guidelines in place are. Mm -hmm. And then you've had churches who have leaned the other way. They've leaned into protecting the safety of people who might be vulnerable in their congregation or leaned into the idea of being honoring of uh, the authorities and, and, and the regulations in place. So there are some churches that have been meeting for a while, and there's some churches that have already said they won't be meeting in 2020 mm -hmm. in terms of in-person gatherings. So I think that there's different ways that different churches have responded to that according to their values, and it's kind of hard to evaluate the response of the church as a whole um, because I think it really is unique to the community that you're in and to the values your church has and to the who the members of your church have and what their needs are. Um, I think as a whole, the churches, church leaders are really trying to do their best to serve mm -hmm. their congregation through COVID. Yeah. And then I think when it comes to the race conversation, I think that there are churches who have taken more of a middle ground mm -hmm. in the sense of not really going deeply into that topic so as to not isolate anybody who may feel one way or the other about it mm -hmm. and just kind of to almost not address it or not address it head on just kind of skirt around the issue to some degree um, because they see it as best to not alienate anybody who they're trying to minister to mm -hmm. and then you have churches that are diving right into it because they see it as something that even though it has political overtones in our country right now, the substance and the core of the issue they see as something that can't be ignored as a kingdom issue, regardless of what political perceptions they may be. And so they're taking a stand regardless of some of the consequences of that and speaking to the issue. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's repercussions that are coming back against that in terms of the way some people were responding to that in those churches but I think that more churches are getting involved in the conversation about systemic racism in our country than have in the past hmm. um, at least that's what it seems like to me Yeah. Um, just from what I remember seeing during the unrest that happened a handful of years ago compared to what I'm seeing now um, and I think that the churches that are doing that are are also dealing with some of the pushback that comes with that yeah yeah I mean it you, you're talking about how much like pushback on both sides to the 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 diversity it's causing in the churches and how a pastor almost has to juggle this Right. Um, what it, the the article touched on the mental health aspect for for the pastors um, and advocating that the con congregation advocate the for the pastor to get to check themselves almost in a sense. Hmm. Um, and I know I know you you you're you're a big advocate for counseling and, and people seeking help. Um, obviously, we, we we believe that 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 Jesus is is the number one healer and number one source for us ultimately, but. But what is your, 
your 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 take on pastors and what what do you what do you see where there there seems to be uh, shame that comes from pastors seeking help uh, it seems like a lot of congregants view their pastor obviously as being this perfect up you know, holy person um, what what's been your your view from pastors seeking help during this time um, and and sometimes the shame they carry with to uh, seek out the help yeah now obviously I think it's it's really healthy for anybody who's struggling in in any way mentally to see a counselor I think it's honestly probably healthy for anybody to see a counselor yeah. I think anybody could benefit from a visit or two or more depending on what they're going through mm-hmm. with a counselor and I do think that the the stigma around seeing a counselor is something that actually society has made progress on recently which is cool because I know mm-hmm. that there are some things that we as Christians we look at society in the way that issues are being seen differently over time and there's a lot of ones you can point to where you go you know what I don't I don't really feel comfortable with the way this society is viewing this <laughs> um, and the way that it's changing over time to become you know seeing a different way but I think one that we can point to and we can be we can feel good about and hopeful about is like hey I think it's a positive thing that there's a, a seems to be a greater awareness or, or a greater push recently to remove the stigma away from getting help for mental health issues. Um, but at the same time, I could definitely see how pastors could feel a more intense pressure related to that just because they are in that position of leadership of their congregation and and even though it's not fair or or probably healthier right for people to see it this way there probably are instances where um you know where their congregations are looking up to their pastor to kind of be just a a picture of solid steady mm-hmm. um you know existence and yeah. so uh anything that could be a sign that their pastor you know is showing weakness or, or perceived instability um, could be something that could cause trickiness. Now, obviously, that's not a healthy view of a pastor. Mm-hmm. It's not a healthy way to see your, you know, your pastor and your leader like they have a role to help shepherd you. Um, but that doesn't mean that they aren't a human with human experience who has yeah. human struggles and can deal with, you know, physical illness, mental illness, can deal with stress, pressure. I mean, I think pastors deal with a lot of stress and pressure and it's probably very common for them to have mental health issues so i feel for pastors who may feel who may feel that it would be tricky for them to see a counselor may feel um hesitant about that Uh, i would encourage pastors in that situation to do it anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know and to navigate through that because it is you have at the end of the day you have to do what's healthy for not only you but healthiest for your congregation regardless of the unhealthy views in your congregation that may cause some some blowback on that yeah that was good preach preach pastor steven uh no no it's a podcast (laughs) it's a podcast not a sermon maybe maybe someday you can you'll you'll have a preaching podcast there you go fargo preachers fargo preachers pastor steven all day (laughs) all day son um so steven before we really come to a close with this interview um, and you being, I just think it's so much fun having you as our first, our kickoff guest, the inaugural Fargo Christian interview, one-on-one 
Um, you're coming off a bye week with us. We didn't have a, put out a podcast last week, so there's a lot to, <laughs> lot to carry with this week. Um, what what have you been learning or, or or growing spiritually this season? Yeah, well, and I just want to note here, you said as we wrap up, but it does say disk space remaining for recording 283 hours and two minutes. I mean... So we... Sh- we I think we have a little bit of margin. We can go here. on. Yeah, you can, we can melt this all we want. We got all the time in the world. Perfect. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What have you been learning during this season uh, mm. through, through through your walk with God? Yeah. No, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things that I feel like I'm learning right now is that success for a Christian is a, is faithfulness. Like, successes mm. that should be defined as faithfulness. Faithful obedience to what you know God is calling you to mm-hmm. is all you need to do as a Christian to be successful. Like, that's part of what faith is as a Christian, is trusting that if you do what you know God is calling you to, which you can know through the Word, you know, the things that He calls all of us to, and which you can know through the spirit and through your personal time with God and just the direction that he's pulling you, the things he's put in you in terms of your passions, your gifts, your talents. But the the things you know and feel like you are called to, you can be, if you are faithful to that, then you can trust that God will take that Mm -hmm. and he will use it exactly the way that he wants to for the kingdom because Mm -hmm. it's what he calls you to. Yeah. And the reason I think that, I'm learning that in this season or that I'm coming back to that and really leaning into that in this season is that a lot of the things which we used to determine the success or or to view how things were going in our church and in our ministry have gone out the window to some degree. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, there's attendance is a whole different ballgame. Engagement in general is a whole different ballgame right now. And it's and it's hard to know how much impact you're having or it's hard to see the impact that you may be having and and certainly in some ways it feels like there's less engagement with what we're doing Mm -hmm. well there is less engagement with what we're doing yeah and so that's why i think it's important to 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 keep that in mind that us winning as a church but also just any regardless of whether you're in ministry or not winning as a christian is not necessarily about seeing specific results but about being faithful to what you're called to and trusting that God is bringing the results that he wants to see from that. That's really good. That was really good. You said you weren't going to preach. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. He's bringing it. No, He's absolutely, absolutely bringing okay, it. Okay, sorry, guys. I didn't mean to preach. <laughs> wow. That was so good. That was so much fun, Steph. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. I always enjoy talking to you. I enjoy playing softball with you and, and, and competing against you. Yeah, but, what, uh, speaking of which, when are you going to bring me on your Stitches podcast? Um, and you forgot to plug your own other podcast, I'm sorry. the Stitches podcast, where Nick talks about baseball. Jordy specifically said we are not talking about that on Fargo Christian podcast. Oh, we're not. There's no cross There's no cross. We, we can't, we're not allowed to cross-pollination. He never wants to talk baseball. Um, I'm glad you want to talk baseball. Is that because there's no Christian baseball fans in Fargo? Yeah. Okay, that's why. I mean, that makes sense. It's a very, it's a very um, small niche of Christian baseball fans. 
Among the Christian baseball fans in Fargo, now I'm, now I'm curious, I'm kind of flipping the script and I'm interviewing you. Wow. Who do you think that the Christian baseball this. fans, as a small contingent in Fargo, probably most find themselves drawn to in terms of an MLB franchise? You know, that's tough. Padres would be an easy one to throw out there. I mean, I would think the Angels, perhaps. Is that is that too obvious? I think that's a little bit too obvious. But you'd want to say the Minnesota Twins, just because they are the best representation of what a good Christian ball club should look like. Mm. I appreciate that. I think we're going to have to deep dive that sometime. We will. I think we can do a little bit more research on that, but I think one thing we can be confident about is it's not the Astros. Am I That's right? right. Mm-mm. No space in this podcast. That's no, right. No space at all. <laughs> well, Steph, before we go, what's, uh, what's some recommendations that you have for, for our listeners? Recommendations? Yep. Recommend something, anything. Peaches and cream, baby. Peaches, Peaches and, cream. and cream. Go get yourself. You listen to this in time. You listen to this right away when it comes out. You probably still have time to go get Youth for Christ Peaches wow. in Fargo. They're so good. Get yourself a lug of a peaches. A lug of peaches. Cut those up, some vanilla ice cream, and sail your way into fall. Well, you heard it here first. Steph highly recommends peaches and cream and taking a boat ride into fall. That's right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to our interview with Pastor Stephen Apple of Relevant Life Church. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week.